why do we surround ourselves with good people and why would good people decide to surround themselves with us i've titled this episode why do fools fall in love and the story goes thus Welcome back to the Gentle Podcast, where we take unique narratives and point them to God and who men have been called to be. Today's story throws on the life and death nature of settling with the right partner, and even more importantly, being the right partner for someone else to settle with. To become that person, there are a number of things you should be aware of. Before I dive in, permit me to give you an extremely brief background into this story. David was a young man who had been anointed king by the then prophet of the land, a prophet named Samuel. We discussed Samuel in the last podcast, so listen to that if you haven't already. However, David was only king on paper. He hadn't moved into the palace yet. It was not until young David kills a giant named Goliath in battle that the then seated king, who was called Saul, who was called Saul, invited him into the palace but then jealousy got the better of Saul and he sought out a way to kill David in this story David is on the run and has to continuously change location to ensure that Saul doesn't catch him it is while he's moving from place to place that he comes in contact with Abigail the central figure of our narrative in this podcast all right let's jump in First Samuel 25. It starts off, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. Now, no one is certain where the desert of Paran is located. Some believe it is close to Mount Sinai in Egypt. Others think it's in the southern portion of the Sinai Peninsula. Um, one thing we are sure of is that it's in a wilderness, a desert most likely, and not much was to be found there, so as you would expect in any desert. Back to reading. Now a certain man in Maon, who had property there at Carmel, was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was sharing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman. But her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Kelebite. While David was in the wilderness in Paran, he heard that Nabal was sharing sheep in Carmel, close to Maon. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go to Nabal at Carmel, greet him in my name, say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep sharing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable towards my men, since we have come at a festive time. Please give your servant and your son David whatever you can find for them. (laughs) By the way, just some quick insight. Sharing means cutting the wool off a sheep, right? Um, which is typically done once in a year, usually in early spring. 
it's a it's a festive event but um sheep sharing also sounds like sheep sharing which means to give out something to share something so i thought that was a nice little bible pun if you were able to pick it up <laughs> here's david here's david going sheep sharing time um back to the story <laughs> um anyways so david sent men to nabal because he's in a wilderness and needed some help some supplies he didn't go there just demanding for it he was making a case for why nabal for why nabal should be kind to him he had previously protected nabal's men and property without requesting anything in return and he even asked nabal he says to him confirm with your servants to prove that you know david is telling the truth here in david's words whatever he could find for them <laughs> david sounds like a nigerian policeman <laughs> well yeah back to the passage when david's men arrived they gave nabal this message in david's name then they waited nabal answered david's servants who is this david who is the son of jesse many servants are breaking away from their masters these days why should i take my bread and water and the meat that i have slaughtered for my shares and give it to men coming from who knows where wow david's men turned around and went back when they arrived they reported every word david said to his men each of you strap on your own sword so they did and david strapped on his as well and about 400 men went up with david while 200 of them stayed with the supplies remember that earlier david had sent 10 young men with a kind message now he was going with 400 of his men with swords <laughs> definitely with a different kind of message this time one of the servants told abigail nabal's wife david sent messages from the messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings but he heard insults at them yet these men were very good to us they did not mistreat us and the whole time we were out in the fields near near them nothing was missing night and day they were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them now think it over see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household he's such a wicked man that no one can talk to him before i go on i want to call your attention to something when david first sent those young men with greetings he had also said to nabal ask your servants they will tell you yet when david's men had delivered the message to nabal he responded with who is david who is the son of jesse this might have been a genuine question you know <laughs> and you think well why didn't his servants just tell him what he had done for them but it would seem like none of them were interested in saying anything to him to be honest because as we have just read they looked at him as such a wicked man that no one can talk to this means that probably on several of the occasions they had tried to talk to him and probably he couldn't care less so this time they just didn't bother but one of the servants tells Abigail, and we will see how much of an important decision this turns out to be. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sears of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on the donkey. And then she told her servants, go ahead of me, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. 
She came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine. There was David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said to himself, It's been useless, all of my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness, so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one meal of his. Well, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell on his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man Nabal. He's just like his name. His name means fool, and fully goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my lord sent. And now, my lord, as surely as the lord your god lives and you live, since the lord has kept you from bloodshed, from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my lord be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my lord be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive my, your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles and no wrongdoing will be found in you for as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bondage of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled my, for my Lord every good... There's a lot of Lords in this. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he's promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. So all of this end um, of what Abigail says to David. A few things strike me from, you know, about Abigail. She's extremely wise, very well informed, and humble as well, which reflects her wisdom even more. Because in text in James, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility, that comes from wisdom that's in your bible in james somewhere you can find it out when she saw david she quickly got off her donkey or you can say she quickly got off her high horse because you have to realize that this was a wealthy woman as well another thing that strikes me are the words that she speaks she's prophesying to david and her husband based on the characteristics of both men she says and now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives, and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who have the intent on harming you be like Nabal. David had not said anything regarding this to her. In fact, he had decided that he was going to destroy all the males that belonged to Nabal. He hadn't said to her that he wasn't going to do that. So she was speaking sort of as a prophecy to him. And after this, she goes on to speak to David as somebody who is well informed about him. Well, unlike her husband, who was asking, well, who's this David? Who's the son of Jesse? She knew exactly who David was. 
even though she says she says even though someone is pursuing you to take your life like i said so the life of my lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living of god and the lives of your enemy he will hurl away from the pocket of a sling that's a reference to what had happened to goliath remember that david had killed goliath with the hurl of a swing of a sling finally she ends with when the lord your god has brought my lord success remember your servant why i hear you ask is she asking david to remember her well wait and see david said to abigail praise be to the lord the god of israel who has sent you today to meet me may you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands otherwise as surely as the lord lived i would have destroyed every of nabal's mills then david accepted from her hand what she had brought to him and she said go in, and he said to her go in peace i've heard what what you said and i've granted your request when abigail went to nabal he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king he was in high spirits and very drunk so she told him nothing until the next day in the morning when nabal was sober his wife told him all the things that she had done and his heart filled him it became like a stone and about 10 days later the lord struck nabal and he died when david heard that nabal was dead he said praise be the lord who has upheld my case against nabal for treating me with contempt he has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head then david sent word to abigail asking her to become his wife his servant went up to carmel and said to abigail david has sent us to you to become his wife she bowed her face to the ground and said i am your servant and i am ready to serve you and wash the feet of my lord's servants Abigail then quickly got on a donkey, attended by five female servants of hers, went with David's messengers, and became his wife. What an odd story. I mean, come on. How could anybody be as stupid as Nabal? Why would your heart turn to stone when you hear that just a day before, when you were holding a banquet, somebody was on their way to come and turn that party of yours into a funeral party? But your wife had saved you. Why would you then be so stubborn? Why would your heart fail you? Why would you become like a stone? Well, maybe now is a great time to reveal something to you that I purposely missed out earlier. Nabal, as you already know, means fool. Like literally, his name means fool. Now, whether his mother was a prophet also and she had prophesied ahead of his time, sort of looking into her son and going, no, this guy, Nabal suits you. Or whether the name Nabal later became synonymous with fool after they saw how well stupid the Nabal who we've been referring to all scripture was, um, maybe that then led them to take that name and make it synonymous with fool. I don't know it's uncertain but this gives us some insight into how early dwellers named people early early dwellers of that time how they named people how they named events and how they named places as well another time we see this sort of concept 
is early in the passage where it says, referring to Nabal now, it says, he had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was sharing in Carmel. Carmel in some translations, I found a few translations actually, but in some translation it literally means circumcised lamb or harvest. So this is where people took their sheep to to harvest their wool or anything and so it was called Carmel. And this is what Nabal did. He went to Carmel to which meant harvest to harvest the sheep. Finally, in another verse, you see referring to Nabal again, they say a certain man in Maon. Now, do you know what Maon means? It means place of sin. Nabal was dwelling in a place of sin and that had to be the foundation of his problems. Even though he had all that wealth and even though he had an amazing wife, he still ended up pitiful because he was dwelling in Maon, the place of sin. In one of the Proverbs of Solomon, and most times I never like to tell you what the passage is because I want you to go and check it out. But in one of the Proverbs of Solomon, it speaks about a virtuous woman. It says, she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night and she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously, her arms are strong for her tasks. She opens her arms to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. All of this referred to Abigail. It talks about a virtuous woman and all of these things I mentioned, there's more, but all of these things I mentioned refer to Abigail. In the same proverb, it talks about a virtuous woman's husband. It says, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. He is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Everything that Nabal wasn't. Even though he should have had full confidence in her, he did not. Which is why she didn't tell him when she was going to see David. And even though she brought him good and not harm by saving him, his heart was hardened. And I can tell you that he was definitely not respected at the city gates. And all of this was because of the kind of person Nabal was. He wouldn't listen to anyone. He was wicked. And most importantly, he was dwelling in a place of sin. As a young man, it is not only important to attract the right kind of woman when the time comes. You have to be the right kind of man for that woman. All of the blessings of having the right partner come when you are a right partner yourself. And where does that start from? It starts from, well, going on from this story, being teachable, listening, being kind, and quite importantly, staying away from the place of sin. Before I go, a rare word for the ladies who might be listening in. When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king, like that of a king. But note this, she had just left an actual king, David. He had been, he had been anointed, but he was in the wilderness. David had nothing most definitely could not hold a banquet like that of Nabal which is why he was asking Nabal for help but he was an actual king Nabal wasn't some men are kings in the wilderness 
while others who are out of the wilderness may appear like kings because of the glitz and glams but they're just nables all right that's it from me in the most gentle way i can tell you this live wisely